Well, it's good to see you guys. Uh, I wanted to uh, say quickly thank you to Candice. She did a great job last week. Y'all give her a hand, man. Uh, it's, uh, it's really nice to know I can uh, be out and like we're good. Like Keep on moving on. I, I love that. I'm really excited. Also, I wanted to say, so we had... Um, Plan to start like right on time and only do one song at the beginning, and uh, and then we had some technical issues. So it is what it is. We adjust accordingly. But this is probably a good test because next week we're, what we're trying to do is move the message closer to the front of our service so that we can do the music on the back end. We just find that a lot of times the music after the message seems to just settle a little bit better. So we're going to try that for a little while. So you got an extra night to kind of figure out what it'll look like, but if you're, if you're late next week, I just want to know you're going to walk in the middle of my message, and I might call you out. That's all I'm saying, all right, so just a little loving encouragement there, um, but uh, just kidding. So we're in this series, I'm Not All Right, I'm Not All Right, and what we're doing is we're trying to cover key mental health issues that uh, are really plaguing our country, our society, but honestly, that they plague some of us right here in this room. And so we're, each week we're covering different topics, and uh, tonight we're going to cover a heavier topic, I think. We're going to cover depression. And I want to encourage you that this topic could be very, very, um, this could be a massive thing for you. This also could be something that you dabble in at different times. And so I want to encourage you not just to turn off when you hear depression and think, well, I'm not taking medicine, so I'm good. The truth is, uh, actually, statistically speaking, they say that 350 million people worldwide struggle in some way, shape, or form with depression. So we know it's a big deal. Uh, We also know that uh, they say about 7% of Americans within a year will experience some form of a season of depression. And so just a couple of numbers right there, right off the bat, show us, remind us that this this is kind of a big deal. And there's a really good chance that it affects some of us in this room. And it's very possible some of you are going through a season of depression right now. And so my hope is tonight as we kind of dig into this, that it'll be helpful, that it'll be practical, um, I'm going to give you a little bit more of, of things you can do, things you can use when you're talking to someone you know that's dealing with depression. But what we've realized within the series is that this is a time for us to not only get help and healing, but also to learn how to be helpful to others that God places in our path. And so I hope that that will, will help us move forward in the right way. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to pull it out. Uh, we're not going to get there just yet, but if you want to turn ahead, you can go to Matthew chapter 6. That's where we're going to land. But I want to cover a couple things just getting us started. Uh, a couple of reminders, a couple warnings, if you will. Number one, mental health does not always equal, quote unquote, air quotes, crazy. It's very important to know. People sometimes hear, when they think or hear mental health, they think, oh, those are those people that are really on, on kind of a, a crazy path. And the truth is, that's not the case. A lot of times, mental health is, is so subtle that you'll only know if you ask the right questions. And so first thing we got to be reminded of is that this is something that, that plagues a lot more people than we realize. In fact, you've heard story after story, probably recently, of people that have committed suicide and you would have never dreamed that that person was going through something especially celebrities. Can we bring the house lights up a little bit? Uh, Especially celebrities. There are a lot of celebrities we've heard over the years that have committed suicide. And you you go, man, usually it's comedians, if you've noticed that. Uh, Someone mentioned Robin Williams said just out of the blue, and it connected into what we're talking about. But it's so interesting that the people that can make you laugh the most can also be the people that are struggling the most. And so when we think about that, we got to be reminded um, how serious this is, but also how subtle it can be. The other thing is, Mental health doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're weak. That's really important. 
A lot of people don't want to admit struggles that they're having because they don't want to fall into a category of being weak. Someone once said that the biggest problem we encounter today is trying to be strong. Because we try to put on a front. We don't want anyone to think that something's wrong. But the truth is, sometimes that's the best thing that could happen. We'll come back to that in a minute. The second thing I want to say is that just because you, you meet some of the criteria you've heard in the weeks in the past and the weeks going forward, doesn't necessarily mean that you're struggling with that. So, for instance, you go through a terrible breakup. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean you're clinically depressed. You may just be going through a season of great struggle, okay? We've probably all have been there or in some way, shape, or form. It's important to know, okay? Breakups are really, really tough. I don't want to belittle that in any way. I know it's difficult. You may be going through one right now. But listen, you're going to be okay. There's other little fishies in the sea. And be happy you found the right one and not the wrong one. I think you should say praise the Lord, but I, I view that differently than most people. Also, if you're stressing out at school with a big test or you're stressing out because of a job change, doesn't necessarily mean you're struggling with what we would clinically diagnose as anxiety, but we know that you're going through a season of anxiousness. And so it's just important to remember that sometimes the, the symptoms, sometimes the criteria are indicators of a season, but they're not always indicators of an official diagnosis. So something to think about. And finally, the third thing is, Anxiety, which we talked about last week, and depression are actually two different things. They're usually linked and they usually go hand in hand, but they are two different things. So I just want to give you some perspective here. With anxiety, what you tend to see is people a little bit more keyed up, a little bit more wired up, and they struggle to manage their racing thoughts, when rather with depression, people tend to move and react a little bit slower. Anxiety also, they're in fear of what's coming in the future when the, those that are depressed tend to not see any hope in the future. So to give you a little bit of perspective, there is a difference, but we also do notice that most of the time, and I believe it's about 50%, they tend to go hand in hand, one leading to the other. Now, why do we cover this here? Why would we talk about it as a ministry? Well, here's the thing. Jesus cares about this because Jesus cares about you. In fact, Jesus cares about your health, very much so. If you look back through the scriptures while Jesus was here, what was he doing? He was teaching and he was healing. Great job, awesome, y'all loosen up. You're like, you should have had more music. He was teaching and he was healing. He was about teaching and healthcare, ministry and healthcare. And so for Jesus, this was an important element throughout his ministry. And so it's important for us to know that it's okay to talk about these things in church, even though it doesn't happen as much, because God is a God that is a healer. And he's about healing, and he wants to help you and I navigate this. But we also have to remember that sometimes God heals in the supernatural, and sometimes God heals right here through day-to-day -day situations like doctors and medicine and counseling. And we, we don't talk about that very much at church, but you need to know it's okay. It is okay to see a counselor. It is okay to take medication, though I'd encourage you that that wouldn't be the first step that you would take. It is okay. Okay, and so that's some groundwork that I think is, is just important that we set. Now, let's, let's dig into depression a little bit. Now, here's some of the basic things. I want to just show you some indicators, some things that you might notice. Now, be careful. If I list one or two and you go, oh, that's me, don't freak out just yet. However, be cautious because you may find yourself realizing something that's been going on. So let's look at the first one. One of the identifiers of depression is your eating patterns. Now, we're going to come into this a little bit more next week, so hang tight on that. We're going to come back to this and dig into this in a really deep way. But your eating patterns, a drastic change in eating patterns can be an indication of depression or depression setting in. Again, we'll come back to that next week. Sleeping patterns. How many of you love to sleep? How many of you don't? I'm not sure why. That's great. Um, 
So what you see is actually two extremes. You have insomnia or you have hyperinsomnia, okay? You can put the two together, right? You can figure that one out. So the reality is just a change in your sleeping pattern could be an indication that depression is setting in, but it could also be an indication that you're just excited about tomorrow. So again, we want to be careful that we don't go over extreme here, but these are some of the things that begin to jump out of us. Your energy patterns begin to change. Things that used to be simple for you, like leaving the house, doing something simple becomes a burden, becomes something that you dread, in fact, something that you refuse to do or possibly can't be able to do. And so you've got to be careful and watch for energy patterns. It's a great indication of depression. And then finally, how you feel. Feeling worth, worthless. Excessive worthlessness is another sign of depression, probably one of the key indicators. And so when we look at some of these, what this does is gives us some perspective. They're indicators. Now, what do we do with this? Here's the first thing I want to say. We have, as individuals, all of us, have to live for something bigger. We have to live for something bigger. Let's go to our passage, Matthew 6, 33. This is such a familiar verse. If it's not, this should be one that you memorize. I want to encourage you with that. Memorize this verse. Matthew 6, 33 says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Do y'all remember when we talked about this verse? Anybody? Good. Awesome. Well done. I planted her, and I'm just kidding. Remember, we talked about this when we talked about dating. This is the best dating verse you'll ever encounter. It's also one of the best life verses you're going to encounter. Why? Because we get stuck in our world, in our culture, putting everything else in place of God. We focus on, search for, aim for all the things that essentially lead us off the path, even if they're not bad. So some of you right now, you're desperate to find a relationship, and that's wonderful, but it cannot be the most important thing in your life, or I promise you, you're going to find the wrong relationship, right? Some of you are are anxious for your career, and you're looking for that, and you're striving for that, or you want to move up in your career, and if that's the only thing that you care about, you better be careful because you're setting yourself up to fail. What does it say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and let all these things be added unto you. For you and I as believers, the most important thing we can do is seek after God. And as we seek after God, trying to become more and more like him, do you know what we find? We find the addition of the things in life that matter. But if we're not careful, we let other things get in the way. Relationships, even family, our school, all of these things can be good. But there has to be a balance. You might want to think for a second, is there anything that gets in the way for you? Is there something small? Maybe it's work-related. Maybe it's just a friend or a group of friends or something you're enjoying doing on the weekend that's becoming more of a problem. Anything that gets in the way of the Lord is a problem. So the first thing we have to remember is we've got to learn to live for something more. If God is not the first thing in your life, you are probably setting yourself up to fail. We've got to be so careful. So for those that find themselves depressed, not always, but oftentimes, it begins to dwell or grow as you find yourself pursuing things that are not of God. Why? Because it will never meet the fulfillment and the satisfaction that you and I were created to experience, which we can only experience through God. So the first tackle, if you will, the first treatment, if you will, is we have to remember that we want to live for something bigger. Here's number two. 
We've got to be willing to talk to someone. We've got to be willing to talk to someone. Hebrews 10, 24, you don't have to turn there, it'll be on the screen. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. There is so much value when you and I come together. We talked about this a little bit in week one, how important it was that we wouldn't find ourselves isolated and trying to tackle life alone, but rather rallying together to do this as God has created for you and I to have community. It starts within the church. And so the second thing we've got to do is we've got to be willing to talk about it. We've got to be willing to talk to someone, but who will you talk to? That's the question. Who's in your circle? Who's closest to you? Who is walking through life with you? Such an important question. Now, I did some research and I wanted to give you some help because some of you, you're going to find yourself not struggling with depression yourself, but in an opportunity to minister to someone that is, one of your friends, one of your family members. You'd be surprised. They may be right around you, you don't know, and after tonight, the Lord might begin to show them to you. Here's some things to be cautious of. This is some things that I found. Don't say, just get over it. Don't say, just get over it. Now, for some of us, if you're like me and you're a lion, all right, you're a little more of an aggressive personality, you tend to think that way. Man, if you would just toughen up, you'd be fine. Like, it's all good. She dumped you, move on. I'm just kidding, that's not really. But we have, some of us have the mindset of like, you know what, just, just move forward. You can do it. And the truth is there is some value to that. But if someone is struggling with clinical depression, just getting over it isn't an option. In fact, it's the reason they're standing in front of you talking about it is because they couldn't get over it. It's remained and it's become a problem. So we want to be careful. We want to be cautious. The second thing is don't take negative responses personally. So you may have a friend that's struggling with depression and you go, man, I want to jump in. I want to help if you're like me or if you're just a guy in general because that's what we tend to do. We want to solve problems. Ladies, just a side note, little tip for you. Whenever you speak to us, we think in an action sense. So as you're telling us about your day, all we're thinking about is how to fix those problems. Not that you have problems, just to be clear. Uh, well, most of the time. But the reality is, guys just want to help. We just want to fix, right? And so, ladies, remember that. That'll really help you in dating and one day in marriage. However, though, we all have to be careful to remember that as we're ministering to someone, as we're encouraging them, as we're talking with them, as we're, we're trying to help them, they may not be receptive right away. And we don't have to take it personally. We just trust that God's placed us at the right time and we continue to walk, even if it is a bit from afar, to be a help and an encouragement to them. Now, here's some things we can do. First, talk normal. Sometimes when we're visiting with someone that's struggling, now, obviously, you don't want to be crazy, okay? So don't be like, you should just live life and be happy. It's gonna, don't be crazy, okay? Um, if that's how you are normally, I apologize. But don't also start speaking to them like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe your life is falling apart. This is terrible. You know, we got to find that happy balance where it's okay to be upbeat and to be encouraging and say, man, I'm, I'm sorry that you're going through that. Man, I want you to know I think God's going to help us through this and I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. Can you help me? Help me help you. I think there is more here. I think you can do it. Let's do this together. See, there's a much difference in, oh, yes. Yes, I understand. So have a balance. Be careful, but try not to, to, to be different. Just be yourself. And be encouraging and be helpful. The other thing is, tell them exactly what you can offer. 
Some of us say statements like, whatever you need. Whatever you need. Okay, now, now be smart here. Okay, say that to me tonight. Let's just try it out. Okay, here's what I need. I need three, right? And so not that they would ever take advantage of you, but in a season like this, when they are truly struggling, when you are truly struggling, you know that it is helpful to know exactly what someone can help you with. So you may say things like, hey, call me anytime, but just know Monday through Friday, I work nine to five. And so if you call me, I may need to just get back to you as soon as I can. Now they know that they can call you at any time, but they also understand that there's a little bit of a boundary, but that you are there to walk with them, and as soon as you can, you're calling back. See the difference? Rather than saying, whatever you need, I'm there for you, and the truth is you are probably not going to be able to meet that, but oh, how encouraging it is to know that someone's walking with you. Something we've learned over the years just doing ministry, when we go visit people in the hospital and we just feel like we want to bring them food, we don't say, hey, what do you want? We say, hey, listen, I'm going to Chick-fil-A, because that's God's food. I'm going to Chick-fil-A. What would you like from Chick-fil-A? If you don't know, I'm going to go ahead and bring you the number one meal. See, what we've done is we've given them specifics so they can just say, that's great. Actually, I just don't want pickles on mine. Otherwise, that's great. You see how that works? And so when we're helping people, we want to think about the details because to them, it matters. To them, that's what makes us truly helpful is when we're beginning to take a second step and not just, oh, whatever you need. Oh, please don't call me at midnight. Please don't call me at midnight, right? We don't want to do that. And so be honest, but also set some boundaries to help yourself so that you can do this well. Now, here's the other thing. When it comes to talking to people, the reality is some of us are going to need to just visit with a counselor, and it's okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to someone next to you. I just want you to go, it's okay to see a counselor. Tell them right now. Right now. Do it. Now turn to the other person that apparently needs more counseling because you didn't talk to them first and tell them. (laughs) Listen, it is okay. It is okay to seek professional help. In fact, when I was, years ago, I was working at Interstate Batteries. I was doing sales before I came into ministry. And uh, there was a guy there, was not a believer, was a nice guy, really not probably a good guy, but he said something that rocked my world in this category. He said that he and his wife once a month, every Friday night, they went to counseling, and then they went to dinner. And I remember thinking, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. But the more he described it, the more he explained it, the more I realized, wow, the value was unbelievable. Because they got to open up with someone that could help walk them through these struggles, and then they go to dinner and they talk about it. Now, for you and I, there's going to be seasons of our life where it may be very wise to visit someone that has studied this professionally and can walk you through, rather than your friend that's like, I don't know what to say, you're going to be okay. There's a difference there. And so I want, to, I want to release that, maybe that fear you might have or that tendency or that hesitancy and release you to say, it may be something to pursue. In fact, I want to tell you great news. Here at this church, if you are a member of this church, we have, an, we have a professional licensed counseling system with 13 professional counselors of all categories that work here and is free of charge for you. Now, you don't get to say that very many places. I want to encourage you, okay? I want to encourage you to never take that off the table. It may not be something you need every day or every week, but to never take that off the table because you never know how helpful it can be for someone that's walked with it before. Here's the third thing. Medicine sometimes matters. I always want to be careful here because I think when we turn to medicine first, uh, it's not a bad thing, but I always like to be careful. I like to be careful. In our culture today, we're pretty quick at throwing out medicines, and all it's doing is really taking care of symptoms, but it's not solving the problem. 
And so I do want to encourage you to be careful. However, I want to also say that a lot of times with clinical depression, there's literally something inside in the brain that's not firing correctly, neurons that are not working, uh, neotransmitters, sorry, that are not firing rapidly like they're supposed to, things that might not be operating just right, and medicine can help that be fixed. Did I get that right? Okay. Medicine can help that be fixed. You see the value there? Now, if you're just going to medicine to ease the pain constantly, constantly, like, for instance, if you had a headache and you take Advil, well, Advil isn't solving the headache, it's just taking away the pain. See the difference? And so we always want to be careful with medicine, but in church, we don't talk about it very much. Like, oh, you're on antidepressants. Mm, If you just prayed more, you might be all right. No, that's not true. That's not true. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes that may be true for certain people, but the reality is we cannot take medicine off the table because God what? God heals supernaturally. Yes, he does. You better believe that. But God also heals right here through humans, right here earthly, right here through medicine and through doctors and through counseling. We don't want to fight that. That's a wonderful thing. The last thing I want to tell you, this is so good. You ready for this? Exercise. Did anybody see this coming? Exercise counteracts, counteracts, I'm going to say quote unquote counteracts because it doesn't solve every single problem, but exercise at its core, exercise at its core counteracts every level of depression. Did you hear that? Every level of depression, carefully, doesn't solve depression in every way, but every level that leads to depression, everything that happens inside of your body, it is triggered in a positive way by exercise. Did you know that? Some of you are like, man, say something else. Come on, bro, like, give me anything else. Eat this, do that, sleep more. But exercise, I'm telling you what, guys, listen. This isn't about exercise here tonight, but I want to encourage you. As I've studied this, I read a whole book on this called Spark, if you ever want to follow up on it. Unbelievable, as it talked about the value of exercise. Our bodies were made to move. Our bodies were made to move. Think about back in the day when things were done by hand and not technology. They did things that you and I would never dream of. We look at people and go, you are a rock star. No, they were just a normal person back then because that's how they operated. You and I, our bodies were made to move. And I want to encourage you. And when we talk about exercise, be careful here. We're not just, and I've learned, I'm going to be honest, I learned this the hard way. For the last, uh, let's see, three years ago and then some back then, I used to play tennis. I used to play a little basketball, but that was all I did. Can I tell you something? It was good, but it wasn't enough. And then I joined a gym. This is not about the gym. I'm just going to be honest. It's not about the gym. But let me finish my story. I joined a gym called Orange Theory, and it's all about cardio, cardio. We row, we run. And I'm going to tell you, within a year, not only did my health get better, my feeling of myself got better. I had more energy. I felt less stress. I felt encouraged. In fact, I felt motivated. Have you ever heard of runner's high? These are the kind of things that happen. And so when we talk about exercise, we're not necessarily just talking about getting out and walking, though all exercise is good. Here, all exercise is good. But the truth is, when you can get your heart rate up and you can get your heart rate going, that's what gets these different things firing. That's what gets your body operating. And as you think about this, if you're willing to believe this, then you can look at our culture and go, man, it makes sense that 350 million people worldwide struggle with depression because the truth is exercise is really seen as, oh, you're into that. Great, good for you. That's not for me. But the truth is exercise is for everyone. Our bodies were made to move. And you can ask in case you're wondering, professionals, we have one here tonight. 
you can ask them if this is true, and they will tell you yes, and not just because I said that aggressively. Am I right? It's true. At every level, this helps. Now, here's the last thing I want to say, and I touched on this week, week one, and I, I want to just bring it back because the truth is I had, people, I had people reach out to me after that week one message when we just touched on suicide for a minute. Y'all got to hear Austin tell his story. Listen, suicide is bigger than you will ever imagine, ever imagine. More people struggle with it than you will ever imagine. It is one of the biggest things that is happening right now, and no one speaks about it. And I want to encourage you, suicide, listen to me, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. A permanent solution to a temporary problem. It is never, ever, ever the way out. But it is a struggle. And you can get to a place in your life where you feel like there is absolutely no other way. Last week we talked about you. Now I want to talk about how to help someone. I just want to do this quickly. How do you help someone walk through this? Listen for key words. Things like, I don't think I can do it anymore. No one would care if I wasn't here anymore. These are some trigger words that we need to be listening for. There's one other one I wanted to share with you. I wish it all would end. I wish it would all end. Guys, these are things, when you hear this, it should be a boom, red flag for you. Go, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't normal. Now, here's what happens. Most of us will go, whoa, 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 one of two things. Either I'm not qualified to handle that and you just want to, Back away, or you would say, you know what, if I start talking to them about maybe taking their life, it might put that thought in their mind, and then they might do it, and it might be my fault. Scientifically speaking, and based on research, what they have found is the best thing to do is immediately begin to ask questions. Immediately. Don't worry about you might place a thought of suicide in their mind. Trust me, if they're saying those things, they are already there. And so the best thing you can do is begin immediately to ask questions. Here's some questions you can ask. I'm gonna rapid fire these. You can catch me afterwards if you wanna hear them. Have you thought of hurting yourself or killing yourself? A simple question. Have you, thought of, have you thought about this? Have you thought about hurting yourself? Have you thought about killing yourself? If you have, tell me about that. What, what, what are you thinking? What's your plan? Does this sound odd? This sounds odd to me too. But this is what they're telling us to do. This is what they recommend. So we need to note this for ourselves and for our friends. What are you thinking? What, what's your plan? How are you going to do this? As you begin to ask these questions, you know what's happening? You're getting answers that we need to know. First, you're finding out, are they actually willing to go through with this? If they've got a plan, they're willing to go through with it. You also, they'll learn, if you ask them what their plan is, let's just say, let's just say they said, well, I think, I think I'm gonna kill myself. I have a gun. Well, now you know there's a gun in the house, okay? I need to get that out. Either you or someone that's with you or somehow with a parent or whatever, but someone needs to intervene so that's not an option. You see how this works? And so some of you are like, whoa, man, I thought we were just gonna like talk about the Bible here. This is a little intense. I'm not sure I'm ready to step into this, but here's the deal. You never know, you never know where God might place you and you never know the impact you might have on someone's life. You never know. And when we're trained on what to listen for and what to look for, you might be positioned to help one of God's children save himself in a difficult place so that he's ready to be used in a future place. That's the opportunity at hand. And so we want to be trained up and we want to know what to listen for and what to look for. I want to close by showing you guys a video. I'm not going to set it up. I'm just going to let you watch it and then I want to come up and pray. Y'all watch this video really quick. <laughs> 